we want to welcome you to this week's podcast of Live Transform. This is episode number 56. Oh, we want to welcome you as our listener. We just love hearing from you. I love meeting you when we can randomly say, oh my gosh, I know you. And um, this particular one, the subject we're going to cover today is definitely going to be something that that touches you in a way that's going to stimulate relationship with God. Again, I always enjoy my my conversations with Jim. We we start one place and we end up someplace <laughs> so who knows else. Where we're going to get but today? This, but uh, in this episode, um, we've we've already recorded it, and for me, it really had a surprise ending. It did. It was really intense and very transforming. Uh, you know, in bringing new thought, but understanding of the kingdom of God. It's given me a lot to think about. It really has. It's given me a lot to digest, if I can just even use that Mm -hmm, word. Because mm -hmm. as you said, we were going to just talk about the kingdom on this particular episode, but it ended up, you know, you know, when Jesus came to pronounce that kingdom, it surpassed external manifestations. And we're going to get an invitation today to truly experience righteousness, peace, and joy in our mind and heart. And Bob, something that really affected me today, and you're going to hear this in the podcast, is the original word for heaven and mind have the same numerical mm-hmm. value, meaning there's this connection reaffirming to us that we experience heaven in our mind, yeah. and in our hearts, no matter what's going on. All right. Well, on the we, I, I just yeah. I am very excited. We want to uh, invite you yes. uh, into into today's uh, podcast in the conversation uh, as well. We recognize that this will probably take a couple to work our way through, mm-hmm. but uh, thank you again you know, for investing in your very own heart and your life. And we do encourage you to share the podcast with others. But let's now join the interview with ourselves and Dr. Jim Richards. And we're talking about enjoying God's yep. goodness and God's, God's. And you know, last week we were talking about in the podcast, we were talking about the mysteries of the of the kingdom and all that. But today, thinking about that, the mysteries of the kingdom is, is that he wants us to enjoy life. That's one of the biggest mysteries of what do you mean God actually came to, Jesus came to announce and pronounce a kingdom coming. And it was all about enjoying. Mm -hmm. We, we have, you know, some people, uh, with this, um, blown up grace message sometimes that, you know, they talk about how Jesus, you know, all all that he is, is a teacher of the law. And I think that's something that today that we do want to talk about because Jesus came to proclaim two things. Number one, that God is a father Mm -hmm. and, and to reveal the heart of God, to reveal the father to people, but then also to be able to bring the terms of the kingdom. And repeatedly, he says, the kingdom of God is like unto, and he shares about the kingdom. And so today, Jim, let's take some time and talk about, you know, what is the kingdom? What, you know, what is the, uh, Jesus even teaching his disciples says, I, you know, I pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we begin to take a look at the teachings, you know, that Jesus brought, but then also the terms and the definitions of what is the kingdom of God like? And what was Jesus really wanting us to capture in in what he was revealing to us? Um, that's This is the season that we're entering into. Oh. 
you know, uh, uh, of where we celebrate, you know, Emmanuel, God with us coming to our earth. So what does it mean to live in the kingdom of God? You know, I, I, think, that, I, I think that that's such an incredibly valid and timely question. You know, you know I had one of my friends, uh, <clears throat> a guy I really, really respect, a good friend, a solid minister, call me yesterday, and, and, and he just said, what is your sense of where we are in this, in this generation? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I said, I, I have the sense, I said, uh, particularly, I, I said, it's, it's very predominant along the, the young millennial pastors, but I said, it's actually even pretty predominant among older pastors. And I said, because, you know, we both travel, I said, but, but I said, but Jesus was a teacher of the kingdom of God. He taught mm-hmm. what kingdom living was really about. And I said, you know, what I'm generally seeing is there's really good people that are preaching really good messages, that, but those messages have no connection to the bigger picture of kingdom living and what kingdom living is really about. And so as hmm. such, I see great people preaching great messages, but in fact, uh, they're kind of like missing the point of, of, hmm. of what Jesus really came in this, this realm that he came to establish us in. You know, the, in the kingdom, in, in kingdom thinking, when, when, a, when those Jews or those Hebrews, when they heard Jesus make reference to the kingdom of God, their mind went to a very specific place. Now, sadly, because we don't even have a frame of reference for the kingdom of God, our, we take that to some subjective, philosophical idea of, of, of what the kingdom is about. But, but they were very clear about kingdom rule. You know, you know, there's only one place, one time in planet Earth that you saw the will of God perfectly done, and that was in the garden. Because in the garden, hmm. everything that God did, he did because that was his will. There was no one praying and asking him to do it. It was his intention. It was his plan. And so there was no sin, sickness, disease, suffering, pain, lack, you know, of any kind. And so mm-hmm. the, 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 the Hebrews understood that in, in the time prior to when sin came into the picture, that that was man living in paradise. And in their mind, when they heard Jesus talk about the kingdom of God, their mind went straight to what life was like before sin came into the world, when man was living in a paradise and all of his needs were met uh, through his connection to God. Mm-hmm. Mm. They, they had experienced so much oppression. They experienced a lot of oppression from the Egyptians, you know, oh, yeah. living in slavery, mm-hmm. Babylonian captivity. And then, you know, uh, in the writing uh, period of the New Testament, now they're living under the domination of Roman yep. rule. And, and so when Jesus comes pronouncing, you know, the kingdom of heaven, um, I can see where they're looking towards will he come and establish, reestablish, you know, what we had there in the garden where we were really experiencing all that God intended and planned for us. Well, you know, there, there seems to, to be a, um, 
a, a, a real uh, um, diametrically opposing set of, un, of views about what that meant based on the listener. Because to the religious, you know, the, the person who was using religion as politics, so to speak, uh, as a place okay. of power, to that person, the kingdom of God meant just that. It, it meant it meant Israel is Messiah is going to come. Israel is going to conquer the world. It's going to be God's kingdom, and we're going to rule it. But yes. but there was another totally opposing view by the people who were more spiritually minded. You know, and and um, and remember, Jesus didn't he didn't teach in Greek. He taught he taught in a form of Aramaic, and. And so in the Aramaic language, like the Hebrew language, the the, uh, the Hebrews had this thing they called gematria, which is the numerical values of words. And now this is not the same thing as numerology. Numerology is what people use to try to predict the future and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but in gematria, they understood that words that had the same numeric value had certain common meanings, and that you you could yes, some kind yeah, of a some connection. kind of connection. Mm -hmm. Well, the the word for heaven and the word for your for your mind have the same numerical value. And really. So, there were people who understood, and remember, Jesus even clarified this, that, you know, that, that the kingdom is within. Jesus clarified this. So there were people that understood he is not talking about entering into paradise that is forced on the world because Israel suddenly becomes the dominant world power. There were people that understood that he is talking about entering into a realm where in your own heart and mind, you are experiencing paradise regardless of what's happening in the world around you. This is very fascinating. We're, we're, see, we're seeing this today. Yep. Yes. We are, we are seeing this living out right before our eyes, even now. Um, we have, and I, I want to be, I mean, we have a political war going on as never before yep. <clears throat> and where Christians are being placed in a position of a political party yep. of, of evangelicals and that, and even many Christians are even having that mindset or that thought of this is, we're looking for this external yep. domination yep. of, of the kingdom coming and Jim, what you're saying is, wait a minute, Jesus was addressing something completely yep. different. And 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 the church today is missing uh, it. Absolutely. And Jesus wasn't just describing something different. He was describing something extremely available yes. for yes. every single person. It right. doesn't matter where you live um, locationally or anything else, what country you live in, what political party. This is completely accessible to every this is single person. The kingdom of God. This means the kingdom of God. This is the good news. It's very exciting. Yeah, because you get to have the kingdom. I was... I was on the on a on a call with a girl today whose husband is not 
doing what he needs to do as a husband. And, and, and I don't want to go into details. So I said, okay, so let's talk about you. I don't have your husband on the phone. I've got you. So how are you going to experience God where you can have righteousness, peace, and joy alive, rushing through your body every day in the middle of this storm of a relationship that you're in right no. now? How can you have the kingdom of God essentially living through you in your own mind and heart, even when you're surrounded with potential yeah. chaos? And, 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 and the sad thing is so much of what, what is taught in, or what's given out in counseling, so much of what is given out mm -hmm. from the pulpit, so much of what is coming out of the church at large is, is a circumstantial piece and a circumstantial right. joy that that says if the circumstances change, you know, the power of God's going to manifest and everything out there is going to change and, and I'm, I'm going to become happy. You, you know, I've found that people who are not happy in lack are not happy in prosperity. People exactly. who are not happy alone are not happy with someone. I mean, they have moments of happiness. Yes. Uh, and so... But the myth is that if you get all your ducks yeah. in a row and we get everything working out, then I'm going to be happy. It's such a myth. Yeah. It's not true. And, you know, it, it breaks my heart. And this is one of the reasons I wrote my book, Apocalypse, is to get, get the wake the believers up to understand oh, being overcomers yes. and living in the kingdom realm. If you think this is dependent on what's going to happen in the world, you're just going to be constantly dismayed, discouraged, and your faith is going to dry up because... You you know there there are even people now who there's a, a a doctrine called preterism, where there is this idea that that the church will take over the world, and and that Jesus has in fact already come back and and um, and that and that he's going to take over the world through the church and we're going to hand it to him. Well, well, besides the fact that there are dozens of scriptures that clearly state that what is going to happen, he's going to do, not us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, besides all that, it goes back to that whole concept of seeking to establish the kingdom externally. And we're mm -hmm. not going to establish the kingdom externally. Even when Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom rule for a thousand years, there will still be one more great rebellion because you cannot establish the kingdom externally. You can't do it. Exactly. And when we catch this message, we are going, this is the contagious good news that everyone can experience whenever they're with you. When we are carrying this, like I'm thinking of you, listener, you've been listening to this podcast. You've been thinking, man, this is about such intimate relationship with God. I was looking back recently and our, we're on episode 56, but really the overlaying message that always comes back to this amazing invitation to intimacy with God and enjoying God and 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 making this something that's so not forced yeah. in our life, but something that's so natural. It becomes so attractive yeah. to the, anyone who encounters you. Well, and yeah, and see, the thing is, the only thing that is available to everyone is mm -hmm. that which can be obtained internally. Exactly. It, 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 in other words, if there's a promise that's made to you conditional upon what other people do, that is a promise that is not to everyone, and it's a promise that really can never come to pass. So, so Jesus True. was not a teacher of the law. As a matter of fact, our whole concepts of what the law was even about are just so skewed and so unscriptural. 
Because, you know, remember, Israel is a type. You know, the nation of Israel, the form of the nation of Israel, there's two types here. You know, one type is, of course, to look at it just as an individual and learn from what happened to them as a nation. But it was also a type of, of a potential kingdom of God. Now, and so what's interesting is all of the, the commandments, which the word commandments, not even a good translation, it should be more something like prescription. Uh, all of the commandments, God says, look, if, if you'll do these, and, and, and he was very specific about they had to be motivated by love, and uh, it had to be a heart thing. He was very, very specific about this. And he says, now, if you do this, what will happen is, you know, you'll have prosperity. Uh, you'll have law and order. You will be at peace with your enemies. Uh, and, and he just goes down this list of personal and national benefits that come because you trust God enough to apply his truth to how you have civil law, to how you have personal how, you know, personal management, self-management, all this kind of stuff. And so the, the whole goal behind everything that God ever said was so that people, first of all, as a nation, but then as individuals, could live in a realm of righteousness, peace, and joy. It was the same in the Old Testament as it is today. That was what God wanted, mm-hmm. righteousness, peace, mm-hmm. and joy. Just peace and joy. Yeah. Jesus would speak <clears throat> to the multitudes always. Yeah in parables and and they were looking for a messiah a king a ruler one that would come and dominate and jesus would always explain himself in private to his disciples and he'd explain to them the definition or the understanding of the kingdom because this is what they would begin to experience in their own heart Mm -hmm. and and the the invitation for us you know today is i want to begin to experience and know that i have full access to all the promises of god that's yeah. you know uh, again understanding going back to the provision of god in the garden that, well yes yes because when you said that thing what is affecting me most already today is the fact that heaven and mind have the same numerical mm. value and that, that it's really, we experience heaven in our mind and in our heart. We have the opportunity, the invitation to have that every single day. That is the kingdom is in my mind, in my heart. That's not just the kingdom, that's heaven. That's that paradise <clears throat> that the Israelites thought that Jesus was talking about. It's like, yeah. I mean, the the garden, it was when Jesus, God's will was being done. That's what you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. Jim. It's when we, there was, there was no sin. It was surrendered. It was like, God, this is God's best. Yeah. You know, when you go back and look at, again, the, we, we've talked in the past about the, the feast and we talked very specifically about the peace offering and the value of, of the peace offering. Yes. You know, one of the things that you, that you realize is that that when a, when a person's heart began to condemn them, whether they had done something wrong, whether mm-hmm. they hadn't done anything wrong, that that's not even the point. The point is, mm-hmm. how are you connecting to God in your heart? What is your confidence to trust and relate to God, believe he's for you? Well, when your heart condemns you, you, you you can't do that. You can't believe God's for you. You can't you can't believe mm. you know, you can't believe how the relationship really is. You may intellectually say you do, 
but at a heart level, how you really feel is, is, is not the same. But what's interesting is, is when you, when you look at how the Hebrews approach this, so, so let's, let's say that, <clears throat> that I did something that I knew was unacceptable. And, and now, now keep in mind, See, we think that the sacrifices were to get God to forgive you. That is, that is not it. The sacrifices were where when you saw that your sacrifice actually was burnt, if it was a burnt offering. Because remember, that, that came off of the altar of where God ignited the fire. And so every sacrifice mm-hmm. was offered with the coals from that original fire expressing God's passion. So <clears throat> so you would realize that God that 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 offering exploding with God's passion if you will was not I have finally gotten God to give me it is now confirmed to my heart that that yes he he's has always and still wants this relationship with me. It's not about getting forgiveness. It's about experiencing forgiveness. And so, mm. and so when they would do this, they, the, see the peace off. Remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy spirit. So, one of the things, see righteousness, golly, we could, we could spend a year, talking about righteousness and probably never even scratch the surface. And the sad thing is the writer of Hebrews warned that you can't teach many people the depths of righteousness because, because they're still dealing with meat. Until, until we get to where we have worked through the issues of righteousness, living righteous, faith righteousness, all those dimensions of righteousness, he says we're still eating baby food. Until until we until we hmm. get and we're not even ready for the more solid food until we can deal with this stuff about righteousness and it's sad you hmm. can't you know people today when you talk to right about righteousness they either go into extreme legalism or extreme permissiveness mm-hmm. one or the other mm-hmm. and you know we're mm-hmm. at that place where we deny the power of godliness you know the power yes. you know when we were young charismatics we thought the power of godliness was when somebody got a healing or a miracle you know we thought about the power of god being manifest that way no it's talking about the power that works in our life because we are committed to godliness <clears throat> and because we're walking that that path so <clears throat> so it's hard to even talk to people about about righteousness, but the you know the most basic concept of righteousness is as it should be. Mm-hmm. Now, even when you make that statement, people go someplace legalistic. So, as it should be, as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm, I'm you know I'm talking the way I'm right. supposed to. I'm, and I'm obeying all the rules. Right. And, 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 and. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, righteousness is a continuum, and see the thing about continuums is you can't remove any aspect of a continuum. And it still and it still exists and be true, right? So, right. when I think about as it should be, instead of starting at the beginning of as it should be in me and working outwards, which always turns into something that becomes performance based, I always start outward from God's point of view and work inward. Because see, in the world and mankind was as. It was supposed to be before sin. In other words, 
it was righteous that Abraham wasn't sick. It was righteous that there wasn't pain in childbearing. It was righteous that there was no lack. It was, in other words, it was as it should be. Mm-hmm. And so, so God's sense of righteousness is, is I would say, uh, and it, it, can you even say what? Can you even say that? Right, like, and this is new thought for me. But could you even say then that righteous being that continuum coming from God from the outward coming in? Can you say that righteousness really could be described as paradise as it should be? Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, if God's will is done, in other words, if it's then as it, is paradise. it should be, then it's paradise. That's what I was just trying. I was just thinking, man, when it really comes down to it, righteousness is right. paradise. But but we have to remember that righteousness is a continuum. And even the word righteous and the word righteousness is one of those words that that when you research it, it, it it's one of those continuums that starts with you know, heart beliefs, uh, or actually it mm-hmm. starts with truth that goes into heart beliefs, yeah. that goes into how you live and manage your life, how you think, and then the ultimate ex- external manifestation. Now, see, because we don't understand meditation, we don't understand the heart, we see that as cause and effect of, okay, here's the truth that God spoke, I believe it, I obey it, I do it, I earn this outward this outward manifestation, but right. it's not cause and effect. It's a, it's a continuum. All things of the heart exist in a continuum. And so it's like, if I have, if I have love in my heart, then, you know, God's based on God's definition of love. So I've got truth. I got love in my heart. Mm-hmm. So the, the behavior that I'm manifesting and the real and and the relationships that come from that behavior that's not earned that's fruit yes and see fruit and what you earn fruit and payment look exactly the same to the external Whoa. observer oh my goodness and yes. so we look at someone who is having fruit in their life that's profound and we think that yes. they're receiving a payment for their behavior but really it is just the external manifestation of something that is real in their heart that is real in god's heart so okay okay i get right. that what is with the person then who is working really hard on an outward effort to have success and it looks like good fruit because they're working so hard and I'm even going to exaggerate it where they're forcing something to be amazing. Does that look the same as fruit? It looks the same. But see, remember, anything in this life, you can have success by the sweat of your brow or you can have success by the grace of God working in your heart, by faith and grace. And so the sweat of your brow is where you're, you may be, you may embrace the same truth that another person embraces. You may, there may be so many similarities, but at the end of the day, your trust is in, I have the right information. Yes. I'm going to work hard enough to get yes. it. It's in the sweat of your brow. Yes. And so, 
it's so hard to differentiate for most people to differentiate this paradox because we're because it because fruit and payment looks like the same thing. Now, so when a when a a worshipper would come with a sacrifice, and he and he realized, and what they would do many times, they would bring their purification sacrifice and their peace offering, and they would be offered at the same time, as I understand it. And so, man, he's seeing this, you know, this this flame of God passion, the fire, the the fire that consumed the sacrifice is always a type of God's passion to connect you know, with the worshiper. Mm -hmm. And so, man, he's seeing God's passion right there on that altar. And he's, and he's saying, yes, you know, God still loves me. And, and I have resolved this in my heart. And if he needed to make restitution, he made it. If he, you know, in other words, if he needed to pay money to somebody, he paid it. If he needed to work out something with somebody, he worked it out. And actually he had to do that before he even brought his offering because if it's a heart thing, an offering will not cleanse your heart. If if guilty or behavior consists or or continues rather, so he would, you know, the and again this is a fruit. It looks like a payment. Mm-hmm. If if the mm-hmm. real fruit of his heart was a clear conscience and a, and a connection to God to walk in love, then going and making things right with people that was not a payment. That was not a payment to get to peace. That was the fruit of what was in his heart manifesting. And that, that's why, I, you know, you know mm. people argue a lot about repentance. It's like, you know something? Uh, if you're teaching repentance as a way to get God to do something, then you're misunderstanding the whole process. But the other side of that, if there is not repentance, then the real truth is you, you don't have the truth in your heart. If you know if there if there's not mm-hmm. if there's not restitution when you owe somebody something, then mm-hmm. then then you don't really have the truth in your heart, and and you you you, call, you you can't use grace or anything else as a way to scoot out of being responsible or walking in righteousness. Righteousness will manifest yeah. if righteousness is in your heart, and righteousness in your heart is about I I, I want to be as I should be as a person. I want to be like mm-hmm. God. I want to be like my Father. So, this the, the and it'll it'll manifest in yeah. that strong moral character. Yeah. It'll manifest in trusting God even when other things aren't going right. It manifests in all these ways that do look tangible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they are tangible. They, they are, just, yeah, they are but, tangible. But you know, it's the difference between a fruit and a payment. And so, the payment, w- yes. So, so when the when the peace offering was given, one of the reasons that these worshipers under the old covenant became so excited about the peace offering was because they they understood that when they were at peace with God in their heart, that they were once again in not only in connection with God personally, but because they were reconnected to him personally, they were now reconnected to all of his resources. Wow. They knew. Yeah. They knew how big this was. They knew what yeah. a big deal this was. So you, you jump that forward. If, if, if Jesus is our Lord, and if we're truly going to follow him, uh, and follow his model, follow his teaching. Then, and we're, so we're going to walk in. We're going to walk in love toward people. So, um, 
then if I, if I violate my conscience, love works from the heart, my sense of identity works from the heart, faith works from the heart. So, so if I violate my conscience, which is an, an aspect of my heart, then I lose that unwavering connection to God. Therefore, it is impossible to have this abiding sense of access to all of his resources. Now, you can go the wrong place with that. Can you say it again? Just because I, I, I need to uh, just say it again. Let's describe it like this. The, okay. <clears throat> in the story of the prodigal, the prodigal never actually lost the resources of his father. Mm-hmm. But he lost the resources of his father in his own heart and mind, which is what, which is what Paul said. He says, he says, you're in your mind because of your wicked works, you're 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 alienated from God. So it's something that happens within us. See, the kingdom is within, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, I, abiding in the kingdom is about what's going on inside me, what I believe, what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so the prodigal. He took as much of his inheritance as he could get his hands on and went out and blew it all and, you know, partied and, and did all these ungodly things. And so now, so the prodigal, remember, he when he thinks about going back to his father, he really doesn't think he's going back and having a, a reconnection to the way things were. He, he just thinks, at best, I'll go back and be a servant, and at least I won't starve to death feeding pigs. Right. That's it. Right. So you, you see, because of his lifestyle, because his heart condemned him, he lost the sense of sonship with the Father. So if you lose that sense of sonship, then you lose your connection to your inheritance. Yes, yes, yes. So when we can't connect to God intimately and personally, free from condemnation and, and guilt, yes. if, if we can't connect to right. him, then we can't connect to his resources. And you just said that so well in the, I, I maybe we could call this a continuum. First, your heart condemns you. Then you lose your spirit of sonship. Then you lose your exactly. inheritance. And so, and and so again, technically, see, this is why, and I, I just, you know, people won't read these, read these verses and deal with them. And they either deal with them legalistically or like I say, permissively, but you know, like how many times do we have these lists where it's kind of like, look, don't you understand? He says, you know, the liar, the thief, the whoremonger, the effeminate, he goes down this list. They cannot receive, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because it's an inheritance. I, I get it now. Because if you're, even if, sure, you, you, you know about God and everything, but if you're just actively and very deliberately participating with sin, then your heart will now, condemn you. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, even if you get to the place where you don't feel condemned, all that really means is you've got such a hardened heart that you, 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 can't, hardened. Even, you yeah. can't even recognize the voice of God trying to draw you, yeah. trying to draw you back. So, yeah. uh, so stop and think about it. See, so nobody wants to deal with sin. If righteousness is as I should be, then all sin is is when I'm when it's not as it should be, and it and 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 so we realize that I may have been made righteous 
because I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean I really believe that in my heart. It doesn't really believe. I mean, I believe that all he has is mine, that I'm this new creation, that, that, I, you know, that I have victory over sin. So, <clears throat> so all sin is, and you know, we've talked about this before, is when, I, is when I think, feel, believe, or perceive myself as less than who God says I am or less than as I should be. So, so, wow. and you know, and, and really we'll, we'll have to finish this up next week. We've been, we've been rolling here for yeah. a pretty good while, but, but yeah, we want to understand that kingdom living. I mean, if, uh, the first concept I guess from this, pro, from this podcast that we get is that kingdom living, first of all, is about uh, what happens in your heart and, mm-hmm. and that kingdom living because of the, con- our connection to the king is the confidence and connection to all of the king's resources. And so, you know, so, you know, next week we can get into how this breaks down into righteousness, peace, and joy, how this, how this alters emotionally. And, and see, remember, if, and everything's been taught about faith for the last 50 years, it has made faith the sweat of your brow. And it has made, it yeah. has made the promises of God it has reduced them to payments for your faith rather than fruit because of what you really Whoa. believe in your heart. And so, so yeah. we want people to be able to operate faith in a way that's easy and light. It's not about, it's yeah. not about wow. trying to believe hard enough, long enough, strong enough to get God to make us a payment. Yeah. So kingdom living is about what is happening in our heart and in our mind. We all have access. And because of our connection to the king, we have confidence. Our heart is not condemning us. We have confidence that we have access to all of the king's resources as sons and daughters. And that spirit of sonship, all of that is so important. And, and, and the promises have been reduced to payment for our faith instead of fruit because of what we believe in our heart. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Dear listener, I hope Whew. that you're hearing this. I, yes. I know that just even for me, in myself, you know, I find myself kind of swimming through this. But I, I just really want you to sense and feel the invitation to relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really, you know, that's, that's what the Lord really wants, is for you to experience the intimacy and the love connection that he has made a way for. And I want you to begin to to recognize the passion that he has for you. Yes. And I know that many of us have gotten it so backwards, believing that we're trying to earn, we're looking for that payment, you know, that the offering that I bring, would it be acceptable? Meanwhile, he's the one that has forever pursued us, and he has made the ultimate sacrifice that there would be restored relationship with us. And I was also really affected today when when Jim just said it really quickly in passing, but the feasts and sacrifices weren't about getting ex- getting forgiveness, but about experiencing, experiencing. it. And with and and with your I just pray today, listener, that you won't just get forgiveness, but that you'll experience what it feels like for the passion of God to burn up any residue 
um, that has been separating you from God's love. And it's so passionate. It's so full of love. It's so full of like, wow, not did it even in, not just in words am I forgiven, but I have seen it. I have felt it. I have known it, that I am completely clean and my heart does not condemn me. Therefore, I can be a daughter of the king. Therefore, I can be a son and I can experience the inheritance. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Oh there yeah, baby! Oh yeah! Jim, okay. thanks for a great yeah. Oh, thank you guys. And, yeah. and next week, can we next week can we talk about the sweat of your brow a yeah. little bit more too, and all that? Yeah, I thought that was. I think we'll that just was continue kind of intriguing to me. I have I have some questions as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I think let's just you know come back next week. Make okay. sure you hear this episode. Share it with others, and uh, we'll continue uh, our conversation and uh, live transformed. We'll transform from the inside out. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.